Hello, welcome to Progress Kentucky's Kernels of Truth. We have a wonderful episode for you this week. We are uh, continuing to process school shootings and gun control in the wake of Evaldi. We have a new installment of Doug Price is Right, looking at the wisdom of creating school district police departments here in Kentucky. Uh, of course, we'll kick off with news of the week, news under five, and then we will close with our action and events calendar. Uh, but first, are you ready? Are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? Uh, we are a poor state with poor health outcomes, yet we elect a GOP supermajority to do everything possible to cut government services, contribute to lowering the tax burden on rich folks. Instead of lowering the cost of insulin or supporting more social workers uh, or raising our pathetically low minimum wage or doing anything to decrease the cost of health care, we have a gang in Frankfurt bound and determined to end access to abortion care and end any efforts to increase gun safety in Kentucky. If you think this is completely backwards, we need your voice and your vote. If you want a Commonwealth that works for all of us, join Progress Kentucky. Uh, it's easy. Uh, you can just follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you spend time on social medias. Just make sure to like and share and comment on our content. Uh, if you like what you're hearing here in Kernels of Truth, give us a thumbs up. Uh, if you're listening to the pod, uh, leave us a review. Uh, podcast reviews are really important to ensure more folks uh, learn about that podcast. So I uh, hope you can uh, help us out, help us grow this megaphone so we can get the, uh, the word out about what we need to do to get a more progressive, more compassionate Commonwealth. All right, so let's get into the show. Uh, of course, we are not just talking heads on the internet, uh, folks. We are a digital demonstration. We're a protest against the state of affairs here in Kentucky. Uh, and of course, if you're going to go to a protest, you should bring a sign, right? So uh, let us know who you are, where you are, what does your protest sign say today? Leave it in the comments. We'll put it on the screen. We'd love to see where you are and what you're protesting today. Um, so my uh, sign, I'm Aaron. I'm coming to you uh, from Childsburg, uh, a community in Lexington, uh, very, very close to the growth boundary. Um, my sign says, let's make it easier to get a therapist and harder to get a gun. And that's a hat tip to Shelly Skies, who shared that on Facebook. And I just think it just wraps up so well where we are right now and our uh, priorities as a society. Uh, turning to a lovely co-host, Kimberly. Kimberly, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello, everyone. Hi, Aaron. And yes, I am coming to you live from a, my kitchen here in Louisville, Kentucky. And um, my protest sign says, everybody needs to look at 
the hearings that are coming up about the coup of January the 6th. Prime time hearings. Kimberly is going to be in that number, watching those shows, learning uh, what happened uh, and who knew what and when they knew it. Um, hopefully that previous guy will go down uh, in these. Uh, in you know, we'll get to the bottom of it. Hopefully we'll just get to the bottom of it. The seven hour, like, you know, gap in the phone records. What was Trump doing for seven hours while his minions were destroying the Capitol? Uh, maybe we'll get to the bottom of that. Uh, all right. Can, that's, can I uh, say one other thing? Of please? course. About Louisville, Kentucky, um, Jefferson County here, uh, the largest county in Kentucky. Uh, we are celebrating Juneteenth uh, coming up. And hey, also, uh, Brianna Taylor's uh, birthday came about. No, not her birthday. Um, maybe it was her birthday. Uh, her birthday and there were lots of celebrations around town and all throughout Kentucky. Um, also the tracks are open at Churchill Downs. So uh, come on up or come on down, Aaron. All right. That unsolicited plug for, for, for Louisville, Kentucky brought to you by Kimberly Cecil Jones. You're just jealous. Not, I know you're jealous. not the uh louisville chamber of commerce uh who we apparently should be hooking up with one another one of these chamber of commerce that we need to be hitting up uh because apparently the chamber of commerce has a lot of money and spends a lot of it influencing politics that was a, a news story i saw today maybe we'll get to that in a minute but we should not leave uh doug hanging so hey doug who are you where are you what's your sign say uh yes i'm doug price from cynthia harrison county i think kimberly wanted to promote uh, Louisville, Jefferson County, because she knew that uh, part of my shtick is I always talk about Cynthia Ann or Harrison County. So I want to mention that uh, Cynthia Ann boasts one of the oldest theaters in the state, Roz Opera House. It's located in the heart of downtown Cynthia Anna. They're well known for their ghost walks each October. Uh, they also have their own escape room experience. That's something new. A quarterly plays live music and they show first run movies. Top Gun has been on the last couple of weeks and we haven't uh, taken the opportunity to go see it yet. Uh, my sign says vote for legislators who support common sense gun control laws. Back to you, Aaron. Uh, excellent. Thank you so much for that one. Common sense gun control laws. That would be wonderful if we had some folks who would do that. Uh, all right. So folks, if you're watching on the interwebs, we got a few of you watching, put your comments uh, in the chat, we want to see what your sign says. Uh, and uh, Kathy Hobart, Spicer, friend of the show, don't look away. Pass gun safety laws now. Uh, wonderful. Text BOLD to 64433 to contact Mitch and Rand. Uh, and that actually was something, um, yikes. Uh, and then Annabelle, our producer, was less than half a mile from the sh uh, Chattanooga shooting over the weekend. Yikes. We need gun control now. Absolutely. So, you know, any rational actor would look at what's you know, what we're living through right now and say time to fix the problem. Unfortunately, we don't have rational actors. We have wholly owned subsidiaries of the NRA uh, holding half the Senate uh, and uh, blocking any action. Although it is in interesting. We did see some, I don't know, you know, Mitch plays this game, right? He'll like leak a few or make, make a few comments that make you think he might be rational. But of course, as we mentioned last week, you know, look at that Washington Post article and 
you just see he's made an entire career of stopping any rational gun safety measures. Uh, but he did mention that he be op- might be open to uh, increasing the the age of purchase for purchasing an assault weapon uh, from 18, which is literally insane to 21. Uh, you know, I say, why stop at 21? Let's just stop the sale of them completely. But um, I know that that's one that uh, is, you know, pretty challenging politically right now or uh, any, really any time since it's expired in the past. Uh, but uh, moving on, I wanted to just t- talk a little bit about local politics, statewide politics. Uh, you know, we have an election in November. Um, and for some reason, a lot of people are paying attention to the election happening next November. Uh, so the GOP governor's field is getting uh, crowded, right? So Savannah Maddox uh, last week made it official. She joined that man of the people, <laughs> Walmart shopper. Harvard grad Ryan Quarles, our ag commissioner, who made a big deal in his announcement, recent announcement, talking about he's just a, a man of the people. Because, you know, people with like four degrees, including one from Harvard, they're just common folk. Absolutely. Shopping at Walmart, uh, you know, uh, with their three or four degrees. Uh, it, it, you know, definitely making himself out to be uh, a little more kind of from the fields than I think he is. Uh, we also have our, you know, attorney general, you know, chief liar about Brianna's killer's prosecution, Dan Cameron, uh, also joining auditor Mike Harmon. Uh, so far, so far, uh, you know, there's a lot uh, of folks who we could see in the queue. There's a lot that, you know, this uh, this recent announcement definitely makes the field uh, look more interesting because Savannah Maddox, I think, you know, what we know about her, she's kind of from the liberty, quote unquote, liberty wing. Uh, self-proclaimed liberty wing of the GOP. Uh, so super far, you know, she made her name, you know, attacking Andy for COVID restrictions. Uh, she's actually the initial sponsor of what they call the constitutional carry law, the one which, you know, does away with any rules about concealed carry, uh, no permits, no, you know, uh, no um, safety lessons or anything. Just anyone can, can uh, pack heat uh, without having to have any sort of uh, paperwork attached to it. Uh, so, you know, Savannah Maddox, definitely far, far, far right of the Republican Party, uh, not necessarily liked or appreciated by the kind of mainstream of the GOP, whereas I think Quarles and Cameron kind of probably go for that uh, that lane. I don't know that Mike Harmon has a lane. Uh, Auditor, not necessarily a well-known launch pad for the governorship. But man, you know, uh, get the treasurer in there, get the secretary of state, like get all our constitutional officers all running for, for governor, maybe. I don't know. But of course, you know, we're back in Andy. Um, Andy uh, Bashir, I think, has done an amazing job. Uh, he has got, even though he's very popular right now with 60% approval ratings, it is just going to be hard to win statewide in this uh, very red state. Uh, thankfully, it is not a national election. It's a state level election. So there's not going to be, you know, a fight about you know the president uh, on the top of the ticket. Uh, so that will make things, I think, more likely that uh, Andy could, uh, you know, ride his clear successes uh, for our Commonwealth uh, to another term. But it's going to take a lot of work. That's for sure. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm at this point fairly unimpressed with the, the GOP field. 
but uh, you know maybe maybe savannah maddox has uh has got the magic that you know people need i don't know did you guys know she's only 35 years old uh hasn't you know hasn't done a ton in her life but she uh you know she's got some kids she uh she's been in legislature for a while now uh and is somebody who i think has you know carved out a leadership role in that you know alternative to the mainstream gop uh but you know it'll be interesting to see how they fight if they you know if they fight dirty uh if they you know uh tell all the horrible things about one another they i'm sure they'll be able to find or if they're gonna you know try to keep from muddying up the waters too much and beating up on each other too much quarrels definitely you know tried to sound that call for kind of unity from the gop while he was bashing andy uh without any sort of reason or rationale uh so you know clearly not gonna they're not gonna play nice against andy that's for sure um they'll all probably kind of run against him but i don't know what do y'all think about this field <laughs> well, i think the field will probably get uh there'll be more i, I don't think you mentioned kelly Kraft. Uh, i haven't mentioned her because she has not announced that she's gonna run for governor so okay, yeah well, this is the, this is the announced field okay i thought we were also talking about the potential other people that might come in and along that line um you never know uh former governor bevin might jump in i did want to say this uh initially i heard that max was going to announce on june 6th as she did but i wonder if she might announce at 6 p.m uh, and you can maybe get where i'm going with that uh 666 are you saying that she's the the number of the beast yeah <laughs> i don't know i think she's uh i don't know that she's satanic i, I think that she's uh i i don't agree with her brand of politics but clearly if you look at that you know that liberty wing i hate to use their own words you know what i love liberty uh i also think that vaccines are smart you know <laughs> i love liberty i also think that wearing a mask in public during a pandemic is the least we can do for our fellow man. So the fact that they have claimed the liberty high ground is is a little bit frustrating to me. But the fact that they've got a track record of, you know, actually taking down established politicians, right? So there's three committee chairs from Northern uh, Kentucky who lost their primaries because of that liberty wing. I'm not, you know, I wouldn't look past her as, a, as, as an opponent in that field, especially as, as it gets more crowded, especially people like, Kelly Craft, if she jumps in with a lot of money, not a lot of clear policy stances, you know, very much gunning for that kind of, you know, main stem of the Republican Party, which fighting with quarrels for it, fighting with Cameron for it. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see. She could she could keep a pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty clear and consistent lane that could uh, could leave her, you know, last last woman standing. We'll see. Kimberly, anything? <laughs> Savannah Maddox. Okay, so she's 35. I was told she was 34. It doesn't matter if she was 94. Um, they, what is it, nine people now running uh, so far? Uh, I haven't seen every single name. I think there's a bunch of people I've never heard of, uh, probably, because that's with every race. But the main announced candidates, I think, are it's like we're at four. Well, I know uh, for certain that it was Mitch McConnell's idea from the very, very beginning uh, as Daniel Cameron became our attorney general. Uh, 
I'm trying to make sure I don't throw up when I say that. But uh, the goal was always from Mitch McConnell that Daniel would be the next governor. So with all these other people getting in the races and Savannah, I mean, like what is his plan crumbling or whatever? But we also know that Daniel Cameron won't get the... um, low voter, uh, educated voter this time. The Those the high used to be long, long time ago. You know, oh, they look cute. Oh, they're going to give more of this or that. So I, I just feel like all of us is circle, circus, actually, a circle of a circus. And um, Savannah Maddox doesn't have a chance between heaven and hell. And I don't know where the 666 came from, but... Um, she seems pretty apocalyptic to me. So I don't, I don't know. I had not heard that. I thought Dan Cameron, the kind of story uh, was that he was being kind of uh, seen as the heir to Mitch, right? So that when Mitch leaves, he would come into the Senate uh, and kind of take that, that seat. And the fact that he is running for governor makes a lot of folks think, oh, I guess that means Mitch is, is going to run for reelection again. I mean, you know, it's, it's a while from from now, and he's not a young man, so hard to say for sure what would happen, but or what his opportunities would be. It could yeah. be both. It could be both. Okay, become governor right now, and hey, when that's finished, I'm going to be ready to retire. You're going to step into the senator seat, and whatever. It could be both. Yeah, it could well, definitely be both. But Daniel Cameron cannot count on. Uh, black folks voting for him like it was well, asinine once he won and i, I don't think any people. i don't think any republican counts on black vote right just because he's black doesn't mean that there are you know folks who are going to vote for him right like he's a republican uh not that uh, yeah. aaron uh mm, really uh, I, you didn't you you know you were over there eating you didn't hear anything that we that i said okay you didn't heard, hear anything I that i said I listened. okay you think he got, you think he got a significant amount of the black vote as the attorney he got a significant amount of the black vote that's his butt got in and I'm gonna tell you why it's not like these Republicans of today let's be let's be all the way put it on the table okay let's put it on the table I know for a fact I'm talking about uh. Uh, uh, a stuff load of black folks that voted for Daniel Cameron because it was all over social media everywhere. You know, hmm. you might not be in the same rooms and you know and all that that I'm in, Aaron, but I'm here to tell you, okay? Like you, you don't doubt me. And then I had to put in comments. You all know that's Mitch McConnell's boy, right? And you, what? Uh, uh-uh. oh my God. So yeah. We need to look Wait, up the so what you're saying is it's your fault he won because you did not tell enough people uh, that he was not to be trusted and was more about Mitch than he was about, uh, you know, the black experience. Uh, he- I'm going to be honest. I, I got to be completely transparent with you. Please, please do. I thought that people would just automatically know some of this. And it taught me a, a very real lesson. I was so into getting Andy elected and being out in the hot sun, knocking on 200 200 doors 
that no, I never did that. That was the goal, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Andy, I'm sorry, but you know, girl, it was people saw me, and I mean, even Republicans, Trumpsters was like, Well, honey, do you want some of this iced tea? You want a, a bottle of water or something? Now, you know, it's bad. It was hot, it was hot, yeah, it was hot, but we did it, and maybe okay. I didn't. I Think about Daniel Cameron that much. Cause I thought he was like a hitch head. I thought he was like a coon, okay. uh, Uncle Tom. So I thought everybody else knew. Okay, yeah, well, I gotta jump in here. I have uh, thoughts on a couple of things. Um, oh Lord. You know, it's always possible. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get a word in edgewise sometimes, uh, people. <laughs> anyway, Whitney, West, Whitney Westerfield, announced that he was going to run for attorney general before Daniel Cameron did. Once Daniel Cameron announced, Whitney Westerfield dropped out. Did Mitch McConnell influence that? I don't know. I think it's possible. And I'm talking about uh, if Cameron were to become governor and Mitch were to leave, yes, the timing doesn't work out because Mitch is on a six-year term and Cameron would be on a four-year term. But it's entirely possible that if Mitch were to decide not to run again, then he could retire early enough for Cameron to be nominated to that position and approved by the Republican legislature and then move into the um, Senate seat. Like, so, from, like leave the governor early? Leave the governor's office early? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Who yes. knows? This is all yeah. wild conjecture. conjecture. Uh, but yes. I, th all right. So it'll be interesting to watch. We obviously have a much, you know, sooner, closer election to pay attention to. I just wanted to make the, make known kind of what that, uh, that crew looks like. We've got a great article that I'm linking to uh, from, uh, from our friends at my old Kentucky podcast, Robert Connie did some great kind of research and found some interesting information about the backstories for these main uh, announced candidates so uh let's go ahead and move to i think news under five uh kimberly's got uh, a raft of stories to cover and i'm sure doug price has his stopwatch oh my goodness yes 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 um well let me start off like this i was looking at something on my computer but first of all let's just talk about you know uh kentucky is is going to face uh, a very big food shortage here. Uh, that's a terrible thing for some, maybe good for me, maybe I'll lose weight. But what it is, is that one in seven Kentuckians are facing immediate hunger or food insecurity. And the difference between the two is food insecurity is like there's not enough grocery stores with fresh fruits and things like that that your body needs versus that um, you don't have access to food. So food insecurity is makes up 14% of Kentuckians that live off of food stamps, otherwise known as, as SNAP. And then also food has gone up, according to ABC, 9.2%. When I received a phone call that uh, bacon was $8, I was like, well, I'm glad I don't eat that swine. But hey, it's, 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 it's bad out here for a moment. So also abortion will uh, become immediate law 
into Kentucky if Roe versus Wade is overturned. And that Kentucky is one of 13 states that have a trigger law, meaning like in 2019, uh, they made a law that it would be a class D felony and up to five years in prison. So uh, if a young lady uh, felt that she needed that, no matter if she was raped or incest or something of that nature, she could be facing up to five years in prison and it would be a felony on her permanent record. Uh, moving right along, um, moving into uh, the driver's license, okay? Uh, right now, everybody could be happy about this, that uh, Secretary Gray and all of the circuit clerks all around Kentucky, the move is just about complete where you can get your driver's license and it's now underneath uh, Kentucky uh, state rule uh, with the uh, Secretary of Transportation and that would be Secretary Gray. Also, let's talk about Charles Booker for a moment. Uh, he made a very profound statement in an ad that he did where he had a noose around his neck and it was to get the attention, which it did. He's been on all kinds of national and international platforms actually talking about why he did that. And you would say, well, this is one way that the Republicans could say we need to immediately pass the lynching law. And this is what all of this was about. But there are some that are not liking that uh, Charles Booker did that. Charles Booker is a uh, the Democratic uh, candidate to go against Rand Paul. So uh, some people are saying, well, hey, if this happened in the 60s, it would have impact. Why are we doing this? Uh, just like they told uh, Matthew McConaughey in his great speech, in the White House, uh, they're asking Charles, is he grandstanding? And, you know, it's, it's to each his own, but it is garnering um, some spec spectators, I would guess you say, as far as knowing that the lynching law has not passed. Now, my last thing is Juneteenth. And a lot of people are now seeing where you could go to Walmart and get T-shirts and decorations and they're having all kinds of things happening probably in your city as well uh our state legislators passed laws that uh andy Bashir, our governor signed that juneteenth would be a state holiday and also many other cities made it a local holiday as well juneteenth is now and i know you all heard about the the ice cream uh, debacle that happened with Walmart. They felt like Walmart was trying to capitalize off of the holiday, making a Juneteenth ice cream selection, which was red velvet cake and uh, vanilla ice cream, which I would have bought most definitely. It sounded delicious to me. But Juneteenth, ladies and gentlemen, is about this. For most ADOSs, in this country, and ADOS may be an acronym you've never heard, but it means African descendants of slaves, which I am. And Juneteenth is because when most slaves in this country were freed with the uh, uh, proclamation, uh, there was a state that you know consistently kept uh, black people as slaves, as cattle, as um, 
indentured servants for like life. So two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, Texas finally, <laughs> I guess all the slaves were like, hey, we're free now. So it was two more years for the state of Texas. And this is a date for the nation and our and our state of June the 19th to celebrate. So a lot of ADOSs all around this country truly feel like this is our particular uh, Independence Day. So that's what Juneteenth is about. And uh, I know a lot of people were like, what is that about? So now you know. I'm done. I know it's over the five minutes, but I had good stories today. So, Thank you. What's the, uh, what was the time there, Doug? What do we got? What do we come uh, in with? It was news under six minutes and one second. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Well, yeah, good stories. Uh, good stories. Thank you for sharing them. Thanks for bringing them to us, Kimberly. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think the ad, the Booker ad, because, you know, again, we're a politically minded show. Let's talk about some of the politics here. The Booker ad was a bit over the top. I think it was also a little unfair because uh, Rand Paul had voted against the lynching act previously. But when it passed, he actually did vote for it. Right. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's bad that he voted against it ever, ever. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, also, it's, you know, very attention grabbing. And let's be honest, Charles Booker needs to grab some attention. He needs to, you know, tap into that kind of national grassroots donor network that kind of the act blue folks who, you know, did such, uh, you know, you know, Amy McGrath tapped into them very well, like her, both of her runs. I think Booker did a good job with his Senate race, like uh, the first time. It got a lot more grassroots support. And now, you know, I think he's suffering from the fact that no one's considering this a, a, a competitive race, right? If you listen to the states that people are talking about uh, competitive races for the Senate, the, Kentucky does not enter into the conversation. People are kind of riding off uh you know his his campaign so you know i think that's because we are such a red state not because you know there's anything wrong with charles booker as a candidate but if he's not being considered as a you know a chance having a chance then he's not going to get the you know the pissed off progressives from north carolina or california uh you know putting money into his campaign and it's gonna it's gonna be tough for him to run against Rand paul because Rand paul as much as he's a clown uh, he does have a national ne network because he's run so uh, phenomenally unsuccessfully for president a number of times. He's got his dad's coattails and that kind of crazy left-hand side of the, I'm sorry, uh, so far right, it's almost left side, you know, that kind of, I think what Robert Connie called a, the horseshoe perhaps. Uh, you know, so he's got a, he's got a crew that he can tap into. Uh, and Charles Booker's going to need to get that grassroots funding. Of course, uh, you know, Rand Paul's also tapped into the typical Republican uh, funding streams, which is just, you know, corporate donors uh, and big money folks, whereas Democrats don't really have that. Uh, they need, you know, that grassroots act blue support to get the resources they need to run a competitive race, even in a state that's, you know, relatively cheap to run in, uh, you know, don't have super expensive me media markets. But, you know, he's going to need some support. And I think this ad gets people people's attention uh and puts it out very starkly clearly it wasn't for everybody um and i can understand why you'd be turned off by it but got some attention and that's what he needs so i don't know other thoughts 
Yeah, I, I agree. It, it was an attention-getting ad, and uh, there have been campaigns in the past. I'm thinking about uh, Mitch McConnell, and uh, uh, didn't he have some sort of an ad that uh, he had a dog involved, and it was something that put him in the forefront, just just that, just that one ad. So attention, good attention, bad attention, you know, uh, different strokes for different folks. Well, yeah, and Annabelle made a really, I think, important comment about just, you know, uh, the impact of seeing that. Um, and yeah, I mean, suicide's a real deal, you know, uh, and it's a real problem. And social media does not make it easier for kids uh, currently uh, who are dealing with mental health challenges uh, and, you know, online bullying. And so, you know, the the idea that you could see something like that that's so evocative and so powerful without, you know, any warning. Uh, I think that was, uh, yeah, definitely a lot for a lot for, for, for some folks to handle for sure. So, all right. Um, I think we should probably uh, move on to our very exciting uh, back after a little bit of a hiatus, not too long, but uh, one of our favorite segments uh, because it has its own theme song and its own graphic really. So uh, we're going to move into uh, Doug Price is Right. Yes, my own theme song. I, I guess that must make me really important, huh? Uh, welcome to another DPIR, Doug Price is Right. Factual and to the point. Tonight, I'm going to take a critical look at the Morgan County Fiscal Court decision to provide armed guards, school resource officers at all Morgan County schools. The court approved giving $480,000 to the school district. The district did not request the funds and seemed to be placed in a situation where they may have to either decline the funds or propose utilizing the funds to do other security measures as opposed to hiring school resource officers. School resource officers equals gun packing person. The proposal would fund 10 officers at a projected cost of $48,000 each. From a Lexington Herald uh, Leader article, fiscal courts don't normally fund school security. Judge Executive John Will Stacy told the paper, the funding isn't the only answer to stop school violence, but it's something. He told the newspaper the county couldn't sit back and expect Washington to come and protect the county's children. He added there is nothing more important than keeping children safe, and the county is reallocating its resources to protect the county's number one priority. Democrat John Will Stacey became the judge exec in 2019, replacing Stanley Franklin. It does not appear that he ran for re-election. The primary was held on May 17th, and the decision to provide funding was done on May 31st. I mentioned that because I thought it was interesting as a decision prior to the election might have been important to many voters. There does not appear to be a newspaper in Morgan County, nor could I find any public record of a vote on the matter other than the newspaper article I cited. As noted in the article, this is a one-time allocation and is a direct result of the county receiving 
ARP funds, American Recovery Act, funds totaling over $2.5 million. I found nothing online indicating how the county used the other funds. A review of the Morgan County Fiscal Court 2019 financial statements reveals that the county had receipts of $7.05 million and disbursements of $6.32 million, leaving approximately $720,000 in encumbered funds, plus a debt of over $8 million. I point all of that out to say, yes, it's a one-time allocation. They may be able to do it one year, but after that, what happens? What would the cost be to provide SROs at all Kentucky public schools? At an average cost of $48,000 per armed guard, trying to cover 171 school districts, including a total of 1,477 public schools, just doing the math, that would cost at least $141 million per year. That doesn't include any consideration of the number of doors, size of the school, that's just basically providing two SROs at every school, all the 1,477 schools. Um, so I believe the cost could be more in the range of $250 million a year. And that assumes you can find people willing to be paid $48,000 a year, probably without any benefits. So is this a solution to the problem, throwing money at it while the NRA throws money at politicians and supports the gun industry, who's going to win that battle? Gun rights activists would say that guns are not the problem. Prior to ending the ban on assault-style weapons in the U.S., there were over 400,000 of those type of guns in the general population, and now there are over 20 million. Why do we need 20 million assault weapons? Why can an 18-year-old buy an assault-style rifle. In the U.S., there are over 393 million weapons owned by civilians. The U.S. has less than 5% of the world's population and owns over 40% of the world's civilian-owned guns. 40%. According to a CBS article, Kentucky ranks 16th in the U.S. with a total of 13.5 guns for every 1,000 residents. In the overall scheme of things, that's only about 60,000 registered firearms among 4.4 million people. So we don't really have that many guns, but we certainly have a gun culture. Lastly, a word from one of our K partners who provided information from news articles. After legislators responded to the 2018 Parkland school shooting by hiring police officers in every public school in Florida, there are more police officers than school nurses. The number of police officers is more than double the number of school social, social workers and more than double than the number of school psychologists. After Columbine, over 10,000 police were hired just in case a school shooting happened. Over 1 million kids since Columbine, the police were put in after Columbine, over 1 million kids have been arrested, mostly students of color, for routine behavior violations. We need gun control measures as opposed to trying to make our schools fortresses. 
we need better mental, mental health measures. Congress will be considering new gun regulations. We must hold their feet to the fire. We must demand change. And American voters must work together to ensure that common sense gun control laws are passed. And that is my DPIR for tonight. Thank you so much, Doug Price. I believe you are, in fact, correct. Uh, it is quite outrageous the amount of money we're willing to throw at that problem when we ignore just the very clear correlation between massive amounts of guns and massive amounts of uh, of, of shootings. You know, it, obviously, school shootings remain a relatively rare uh, occurrence. Most uh, gun deaths are because of suicides. Uh, and most mass shootings uh, don't occur in schools, but the money that has been spent on school, you know, school resource officers, again, like, why are we using their language? Cops in schools, putting police officers in schools uh, has uh, has not brought down the rate of school shootings. And so you want to spend that money on things that could help, you know, social workers, you know, school counselors, therapists, helping with the mental health concerns that are, that are you know, that are there that are rampant and, you know, and then of course make it a lot harder for people to get access to guns. So uh, anyway, it uh, really is just continues to be a, just a soul searching exercise. And I'm just so, you know, just so depressed that we are, we are where we are, you know, you guys have seen this kind of most recent story where there was, you know, somebody, armed uh looking to uh i think go after brett kavanaugh supreme court justice brett kavanaugh uh and so mitch mcconnell immediately you know demanded uh you know legislation uh to ensure that supreme court justices were you know needed a new law to protect supreme court justices right it's like well how many school shootings have happened on his watch uh, and he has not demanded anything so I guess it gets close to home when it's some guy, you know, that's part of your social set, you know, um, and Mitch is probably a little jumpy because I think his name was on a list, uh, a hit list of some character in, was it, was it Iowa uh, who, you know, killed a judge uh, and had a list of other, a very, very random list, right? You know, uh, the governor of Michigan was on it, uh, you know, uh, Democrat. Uh, and Mitch McConnell and a bunch, you know, clearly this guy was, you know, didn't have necessarily he was a, a clear political dogma that he was uh, uh, associated with. But uh, but, you know, uh, that well, that would make me jumpy if I was on a hit list where the guy actually did kill, you know, the number one target. But, um, you know, just, it, you know, we, we got a we got a nation that's prone to violence. Uh, and I think humanity is is prone to violence quite frequently. Uh, we have one side that is stoking the uh, the outrage, that sense of otherness, looking to encourage, you know, 
I mean, I it, it, listening to some of these guys talk on the right, it, it feels like it's a call to arms where they're at, you know, oh, my God, the liberals are trying to take your guns. You better make sure you've got them. Make sure you fight for them. Right. And it's not a, too much of a departure to, uh, you know, mentally get to actually, oh, yeah, I guess it's time to actually shoot people. Uh, and, um, you know, you got that happening. Uh, and so many guns, so much access, so much easy access. I don't know. It's like course people shouldn't have uh assault weapons <laughs> you know uh why is that a, a, why do we have to have a conversation about that every other nation that had assault weapons and then had massive shootings took away the assault weapons like pretty much immediately uh whereas we're just nah well no because we got that second amendment and it's really important that we are able to you know revolt against our government people seem to think that's like that's actually a right is you need the arms to revolt against the government i guess you got you better get pocket nukes or something because i don't think your ar is going to be up to the task of taking on the federal government uh you know ruby ridge showed pretty clearly they just don't you don't have the resources they're gonna win so either we need to like make it mandatory that every loosely organized militia has access to nuclear weapons uh, or, you know, maybe we should just give up that idea that that's inherent in our nation's rights is the ability to have an armed revolt against your government. Uh, it's just insane. Uh, but, you know, as as liberals, we probably shouldn't give up that idea because it looks like in terms of fighting for our democracy, we've got one side who doesn't actually think that democracy is a value is, a, you know, is, is a non-negotiable. They're willing to give up democracy if they can win elections or steal elections. Uh, we're excited to hear, you know, tomorrow night, I think, as they start the conversation, start releasing what that January 6th commission uh, has found. But it's very clear that there's a whole set of folks on the Republican side who don't really care about democracy. They just care about power and winning. Uh, so maybe we as you know, liberals uh, might need to, you know, think about think about how that uh, affects us ultimately if they get what they want. Anyway. Uh, so what do you guys think? Uh, where are we at with this conversation? Are we getting just crazier and crazier or is there a chance we'll actually get some, some sanity, uh, and rational gun control? Um, I just got a breaking news. The house just voted to make the minimum age to own or buy an assault rap, uh, rifle, uh, to the age of 21. So it did pass the house. Um, so now we just have to wait. What What is Mitch McConnell going to do? What is, you know, like <laughs> cinema and Joe, Ma like they need to just go head on and become Republicans. <laughs> Honestly, you know, they don't have to be Trumpsters, but they could just be Republicans because they're messing up everything, you know. And, and you know, the second they become Republicans... Mitch McConnell is the you know, is the actual leader, majority leader of the Senate. So that's why, you know. True, but I'm just saying next time they have to run, let let a Democrat get up there that's going to actually do what they're supposed to do as a Democrat. So that, that's all I'm saying. You know, okay. Bernie Sanders and all of them, they do it all the time. So, you know, switching back and forth uh, from their parties. But I'm just, you know. How do you completely liberate this problem? How do you completely just demolish this extreme challenge in our country? Uh, we know what other countries have done. It's not, it, they're not gonna ever do that. 
But what can we do to keep our children safe, to keep our parents, you know, our grandparents, our uh, our teachers? And I could go on and on and on. And, you know, more than even that, like, how do I keep myself straight? How do, you know, how do you keep yourself safe? You know, it's just everywhere. And it's like people don't want to talk anymore. They just want to pull out a gun. And, you know, it was a long time ago when I was in school. Um, probably longer than you, Aaron, I'm sure. <laughs> but I can tell you this, we sure weren't packing guns to school and stuff like that. The most you heard of was in Chicago that people were wearing like Air Jordans when they first, first, first came out and people were being held at gunpoint and they had to take off their tennis shoes or they would get killed because that person would be like, you're not taking my tennis shoes. So this is really strange to me. It's really strange to me. And, and, and it's even more strange that we even have to have debates about this. Like, they don't care. Oh, Those Republicans in, in Washington, they don't care. They don't care in Frankfurt. Like, they don't care. They do not care about your kids. They don't care about your grandkids, Doug Price. They don't care about your daughters, Aaron Viles. But they don't what, care about my children. They don't they don't care because what was it? A congressman. I, I was looking at something just very briefly and he was like, you know, he needs his AR because he shoots varmint. What do you call them? Varmints or. Yeah, is, varmints. Okay, what is kill the varmints? What is a varmint? You know, it's a rabbit. It's a possum. It's, a, you know, a raccoon would be a varmint. I think a squirrel uh, very much fits in varmint. Um, the you know I, uh, there was a Louisiana uh, lawmaker who said no no we need to have the AR you know uh, the uh, because they need to shoot the wild hogs like wild hogs really important to be able to shoot the wild hogs it's like what is wrong with people but no now you know see this poll recently came out nearly half Repo Republicans think the U.S. just has to live with mass shootings because guns are more important than doing something about mass shootings. And those more, the nearly half of those Republicans, you know, smart enough to get, yeah, I guess we can't really do anything unless we get rid of the gun. So, ah, well, oh, well, that's the price of liberty, you know, is more kids KT, being shot. KET covered the issue of action on gun control laws uh, Monday. And I watched that yesterday. I have some thoughts from that. Uh, Kimberly will remember this, uh, this woman from Louisville. She was working at, she was on the show and she is a, uh, an advocate for laws pertaining to gun control. Uh, her name was uh, Whitney Austin. She worked at Fifth Third Bank and she was going into work and I, somebody had a gun in there and she got shot 12 or 13 times and actually lived. Mm -hmm. um, so she was on the show talking about uh, you know, some, some laws that, that will be helpful as opposed to the standard Republican response of thoughts and prayers. Uh, had a guy on there from the League of Kentucky Sportsmen, and he seemed to be kind of, uh, uh, he, he wants to keep his guns, uh, but he, he was, I think, willing to listen. And then he started talking about when he was a kid and he got in trouble, and he was over at his friend's house. It was okay with his dad for 
the friend's dad would whoop him if he had to, and or vice versa. And he said, you know, that's the kind of thing we need back in schools. So he was saying it's okay to beat kids. Um, so I kind of discounted that guy. And then they had a recorded uh, conversation from Congressman Yarmouth. And uh, several things he mentioned, talking about trying to do expand background checks, uh, institute red flag laws, ban assault weapons, which Kimberly has said, um, or at least the other thing, raising the age from 18 to 21, and talking about the mag capacity. And, you know, he knows, and I think we all know that you can pass things in the House, but in the Senate, it takes 60 votes. But one thing that really stuck with me, and this wasn't an original quote from him, he, he named the politician, but he said, don't let perfect get in the way of the good. So I don't want to have to settle for just the good, but there has to be, there has to be changes. So hopefully this newest mass murder of innocent children who were left in there to die by regular police for over an hour. What are school resource officers going to be able to do? Are they going to be able to handle the situation? So that's my thoughts. Yeah, no, the, you know, we can just arm the teachers, the teachers. We didn't trust them 10 minutes ago to teach history uh, or to, you know, uh, use gender, use pronouns correctly, or, you know, like so many things that the right is like wants to get in the way of teachers actually being able to teach uh, and provide safe spaces for kids. But, you know, what? We're willing to give them guns uh, to be out there to, to stop, you know, the ne'er-do-wells. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. It's outrageous. The problem is there's too many guns. We, you know, we're not going to take them all away, but we need to make them a lot, make it a lot harder for folks to get them. There needs to be, uh, you know, more rules. There needs to be red flag laws for sure. Uh, there needs to absolutely, you know, it's it's like it's highly irrational that an 18 year old can buy an assault uh, weapon, but you know, can't buy a beer, uh, and they can't rent a car. You know, car rental agencies, they they know what's up with liability and with damage and who they should trust with their very expensive things, and you know, who should we trust with lives? Probably kids under 25 shouldn't have, you know, an assault weapon. Uh, but at any rate, uh, so I think, it, I think it's like, like, at least the dial has moved ever so slightly. I, I just you know, feel like we're in this, we're in this, we're in this crazy cycle where this it just keeps happening, and we expect, you know, we march, we show up, we bring signs, you know, and everyone should march, and we'll get to that in the action events calendar. But it's like. Why is there no progress? And I don't expect, you know, one law to save us all, but there are incremental steps that could be taken and we can't even close the loopholes in background checks, you know? Uh, and that was, you know, I think that they came very close, uh, I think after Parkland, right? Um, or Sandy Hook. And, you know, and like, I mean, come on, like, get it, get it right, people. Mitch McConnell, stop being the problem here. Uh, and let's do some incremental work to make things better. Uh, all right. Uh, I think we're going to, going to close out the show. We're going to move on to, uh, uh, to, to the action events calendar. And I think Kimberly, you can, can do the, do the honors. Okay. 
I just love you guys. I love all of our um, Kernels of Truth uh, listeners and viewers. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. But uh, on the progress calendar, we have right here that we want you to take our poll. We're at 190 responses and we'd like to hit 500. And can you just take five minutes out right now of your time uh, to help us pick out the worst actions of this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad legislator. Once we hit 500 responses, we'll share with the media. Yes, we will. We'll share with them. We'll share with the media uh, what the uh, report comes up with. Okay. But we need your support to make this plan really, really, really work. So, um, if you could help us with that and remind uh, voters what the GOP supermajority is doing to our Commonwealth, it is so in incredibly important. And we're not messing around about it. We're going to make our state more politically engaged and win more progressive representation. And we got a plan to do it, but we need you. So the link will go up on the screen and also it'll be in the comment section below. And uh, we're looking for people to come aboard with us. This is an important year. This year and next year are like majorly important as we move into 2024. And we need some people to help out with the newsletter, uh, you know, some social media managers, folks who can phone bank and uh, members and potential voters to engage in the fight for a more progressive Commonwealth. So join us if you would. And we will be back next week at the same time. And we hope that you'll log on to get a, a taste of what's going on in Kentucky with the politics. Yes. And I need to say this to you, that Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State, organized as a 501c4, and is affiliated with the Indivisible Project. Otherwise, and Commonwealth Alliance Voters Engagement. I know you all probably here in Kentucky hear about CAVE a lot. That's actually what it stands for. So Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. Production this evening was by our very, very own Annabelle, and we are so, so very proud of her, Annabelle Nigel, and uh, we just thank her so much for her diligence. She's a young girl, but she's got it going on. I'm so very, very proud of her. And uh, we have to always thank Nate because that fly, yeah, I got that word from like my son or something. Well, maybe he told me it was out of out of date. I don't know. But anyway, that song that you hear, that comes from Nate Orshan, one of our Kernels of Truth folks. And you can hear more of his music right there on natosongs.com. And if you miss our weekly live stream on Wednesday night, do not fret, my pet. You can always go on our Facebook page, Progress Kentucky, and get caught up. And if you are in that mode where you can't really look at us, but you want to hear us, of course, we're on like majorly all of your platforms for your uh, podcasting. So uh, logo and some graphic content was done by uh, Couchfire Media. You can really get more into them. Take a look at them at couchfiremedia.com and do something nice for somebody this week. It doesn't cost any money. Like sign up. 
to help with Progress Kentucky. You know, the more people we get, the more we can get our people into offices. So we need you, okay? And we'll see you next week, same time, set back channel. Have a good rest of the week.